Hello, everyone. Welcome to History Tea Time Chat Live. Um, a little bit later than usual. Normally, I'm here at one o'clock on a Wednesday, but today is a little bit different. I'll explain why in a moment. I am streaming live on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube and um, glad to see some very familiar faces and some new ones already joining. I'm Maybe this, let me know if this time suits you a bit better, um, actually, because we're slightly late in, in the day and I know many of you joined from overseas, uh, a lot of people from America and Canada, so maybe this is a little bit better. But anyway, the reason I am, um, good morning, Deborah. the reason I am a little bit later than usual, let me just see if I can get my comments up on Instagram, bear with me. Uh, I'm not going to touch it. Right. Um, hello, Michaela in Virginia. Uh, hiya, David in Chicago. Hi, Hall official. You are busy. I'm about to talk about you. Um, so how are you here? Uh, Lottie Rose, Becky. Hello, Joanne, Melissa. Um, Becky prefers this time. Okay, we'll see. Usually it clashes with school runs and stuff but I am well we're, we're in the summer holidays here now in the UK so um Alice in Argentina hello so I have been at Harvington Hall that is why I was not able to begin this at uh one o'clock today hello Diane over there in Atlanta hi Linda in Michigan how are you doing lots of people in here who are um part of my Patreon which is very cool you might notice Oh, you can't see it on this background, actually. In my background on Instagram, you can't see it um, as I've placed my computer at the moment. Um, but the book club stack is over there. Hi, Costas, how are you? Um, and uh, so we've only recently had our book club. I think I spoke about that last week. Did I speak about that last week? Um, so we are starting a new book. So it's a great time to join Patreon and join book club if you're not already and you wanted to be. Um, I know a lot of people love the book club. So we are about to start on Houses of Power by Simon Thurley. It's about the Tudor um, built environment and um, and how the Tudor built environment explains to us how things um, would work uh, Becky, thank you very much for the question. Becky has just asked, how do we join book club and Patreon? Excuse me for sniffing. Uh, I've still got my cold. You go to um, www.patreon, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash British history. There's actually a link in my bio on Instagram. There is a link um, on the website britishhistorytours.com um or you can go there straight away yes becky has the power by simon thurley it's a fantastic book um i'll be reading it for a second or third time it's really really great that is the one we're going to be discussing we will be discussing it on the 17th of september so got some time to to go melissa his gresham college lecturers a, a great very good point, Melissa. If anyone wants to have a look, thank you, Becky. If anyone wants to have a look at um, at Simon Thurley in action, as it were, Gresham College on YouTube um, have a series of lectures by Simon, so um, you can you can see the man in action as well. Excuse me, my voice is a little bit croaky. Let me just take a sip. 
of my tea in my Formula One mug, combining my interests. Um, so thank you so much, those of you who are in my Patreon. You can support me with badges on Instagram, um, what is it, super chats on YouTube, stars on Facebook. But the, the way I really like you to support me because I can throw lots of fantastic stuff back at you is the Patreon. We have the book club, we have early booking, we have discount on uh, online events of which come September, I'm going to be starting to talk a lot more about. We are having a Tudors online history festival. The tickets for that actually are already available if you wanted to get them already, but I'm going to really start talking about it a lot in um, in September. But anyway, you get 10% discount on those tickets if, um, <laughs> thank you, Becky, uh, if you are um, a patron, patron in my Patreon. Now, another thing you get to do is ask questions of historians who I am interviewing. I'm about to ask for questions. I'll be posting this um, in the next week or so. I'm about to ask for questions on Margaret Beaufort to put to Dr. Nicola Tallis. So, um, 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 yeah, you'll get a chance to do that. Now, thank you very much, those of you who submitted questions for Dr. Jonathan Foyle and for Gareth Russell. I interviewed both of them last week. Gareth Russell's interview was about the palace, his new book, um, which you may have known it, but it's in, in my background. It's, a, it's 500 years of history of the of Hampton Court Palace, excuse me, from the Tudors through to the Windsors, and um, and he uh, he effortlessly weaves in the political, um, uh, religious, everything, all the things that are going on in the in the country at the time through the people who were at Hampton Court Palace, because a lot of the events are pertinent to event uh, things that have happened at Hampton Court Palace, or Hampton Court Palace is pertinent to the wider events, maybe. Um, so that is a fascinating interview. Now, his book isn't actually published in the UK until the 17th of August, but my interview with him will go live on the 13th of August on YouTube and on the podcast, 6th of August, if you are a patron and you obviously get the extended version where he answers your questions. Jonathan Foyle's interview will go live in September. Can't remember the dates of that off the top of my head. Now, that one is very, I don't want to say explosive. It's not explosive. That's probably a bit a bit much. But we talked about finding Tudor treasures. Now, anyone who doesn't know Jonathan's work... He's an architectural and art historian. He was the curator at Hampton Court Palace, actually, there's a link, for eight years. He's written six um, books on cathedrals. So he's really looking at the architecture. But he's, 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 he explains when I interview him, his, his um, uh, interests are very wide. Now, he uh, managed to prove the provenance of a bed which was bought by an antique dealer called Ian Coulson um, somewhere up north can't remember where and he uh, managed to, to um, th through years of research and piecing yes Jonathan has been on time team a lot actually um, through piecing together um, evidence from the 
way the wood was carved, the material that was used, the allegories in the carvings, the so the representations, how um, you know, yeah, what this what these carvings are sort of trying to say. That's right, the marital bed of Henry the Seventh and Elizabeth of York. So this this state bed, this marital bed, um, there was a coat of arms on it. Yeah, okay, but. His knowledge, what he managed to do, and he speaks about this, but his knowledge of, um, and this this isn't even the crux, wait for this. So he manages to um, bring this uh, all together with uh, information as, and knowledge of where Henry VII um, uh, visited during his reign. During the uprisings in London, he actually went to his mother's house, one of his mother's houses in the north, which was a... Um, kind of fortified manor house. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, I'm afraid. Which which partly, which gives an explanation as to how the bed ends up up north. Why would the state bed, why would the marriage bed end up up north? It should have been at Westminster Palace, Palace of Westminster, whichever you want to say it. And he manages to piece it, or, or um, yeah, to, to place it there by knowledge of the frieze work the 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 painting the wall paintings in the bedchamber of Westminster Palace and how this bed perfectly fits within that decoration so he pieces all of these layers of information together to prove the provenance that this is Henry VII and Elizabeth of York's marriage bed the crux of it is that bed is not on public display. There you will not find a professional journal that has allowed Jonathan to publish an article on it. It is still with the same antiques dealer because no one's touching it. No one, no one wants to display it, buy it off him. So you can't go and see that bed. You can't go and see that bed. So um, a lot of our discussion, this is why I'm saying, who's it explosive? I don't know. Um, is about the barriers to finding new artifacts, to finding things which challenge a narrative that says nothing survived the Civil War. You won't find this furniture. And because it was bought at auction, all you're trying to do is make some money. And so we're not going to publish it. You know, so there's all these barriers. So he talks about these barriers. It's fascinating. It's, it's, <laughs> I feel really animated just talking about it. Um, now, so that's Jonathan's interview. And Jonathan's interview will be available in September. In between Gareth's interview on the palace and Jonathan's interview about finding Tudor relics, I have <laughs> something I have been promising you for a long time and I apologize for how long this has taken me but I promise you it is worth the wait and this is my interview with James Clark about the dissolution of the monasteries and I would urge you not to allow anything that you think you understand about the dissolution of the monasteries to pass your lips until you have read his book or watched his interview with me because it is it is fascinating. I wouldn't say it blows open the understanding of the dissolution. However, what it does do is take what has become a 
condensed and sanitized version of it, where it's an appendage to the Henry VIII, Anne Boleyn, Thomas Cromwell story. And um, it actually explains what went on. It is a very, or it's, he was fantastic. He gave me so much time. By the way, James is also one of the speakers who will be speaking at the Tudors Online Festival in November, which I don't even know if I finished telling you about that. But anyway, um, uh, he, um, he gave me loads of his time. If you're a patron, in addition to the five episodes, which will go live on YouTube, um, normally patrons have a have, have a longer version and that's the version. So everyone's going to be able to see the five episodes which go out on YouTube. Patrons, you get an extra hour and 20, one hour and 20 minutes with James, where he covers things like, what was Anne Boleyn's role? What would, did she actually um, say? How was she actually feeling? Bear in mind, she dies in 1536 and actually... The, um, the the uh, the the dissolution doesn't finish till um, uh, fifteen forty fifteen forty Easter fifteen forty um, and um, so he goes into that how women and and you'll be surprised at how women were treated differently and not necessarily for the worst um, it's incredible but the five episodes if I can remember what I I don't actually remember if I know what I called them now I've split them into five five different episodes we talk about what Henry's intentions actually were when he took over the headship of the Church of England again I think that will be different to what you um already um think or or really have been told should I say the he goes into much more, much uh, a lot of detail about the plan. Was there a plan? Um, we look at the Valor Ecclesiasticus, which is this, um, which was this um, almost well. He explains it as almost like a doomsday book of all the religious institutions, houses, not just monasteries. Or, you know the the lot, and there was a lot that were lay um, hospitals, um, schools, things like that. Well, universities um uh what else do we cover um oh, let me think honestly it's brilliant <laughs> can you tell how these are? i have the reason it's taken me so long to get it to you is because it's so long and i had to decide how i was going to split it up and then practically get on with all the editing and stuff because um i do that as well um so, oh, talked about the pilgrimage of grace that actually could have accelerated the ironically could have accelerated the dissolution could have caused for more institutions to be closed quicker um goes into far more detail about that than i can cover now um one episode looks at the actual process what happened what happened when an institution was actually being closed um you know what happened on the day what happened to the people how did they how did they go around after that um and then um the final episode is about the fact that even even right at the end it wasn't a done deal that all of the monasteries that this was going well that all the monasteries were going to be closed it wasn't until the very last time 
Uh, very last one, really, a complete dissolution. There wasn't a plan. It, it, honestly, you are going to find it fascinating. I really hope you find it fascinating anyway. I'm sure you can tell that I do. Um, so I am going to be taking a break after today for a few weeks. But um, so I, I can't remember what the dates are going to be off the top of my head. But in uh, in about two, three weeks time, I will serialize. I will, well, J- James's talks will be will be coming out. So one per day for five days. Um, so they're all in about, I think half an hour is the is the longest or just over half an hour. So you'll be able to see one each day for the week. So you won't miss me too much because you'll, you'll see, you'll be watching that um, or you can listen to it on the podcast as well. And then patrons, you get that the week before. And like I say, there is this, this, extra bonus episode which is um an hour and 20 of more absolute gold from uh from james so there you go oh need to sit down now <laughs> mm. it's fabulous anyway so i'm very very excited to be able to finally get that to you um uh now if you're uh if you well if you also, if you like historian talks and you haven't been back through my channel on YouTube or the podcast, please do. There's so many there. The last one that was um, that, that I put out was with Sarah Slater, um, who is the Hampton Court tour guide. She's a white badge guide. So I've spoken about this, um, I think, before. She uh, was talking about what it's like to guide at the Hampton Court Palace. So it's a brilliant one to listen to before Gareth's, which, of course, is also on Hampton Court Palace. Um, so, yeah, please, please take a look back through. We've got quite a few now in the back catalogue. So if you haven't caught them all, um, being history, it's quite cool because most of them are ev- evergreen, as, as they say in the trade. Um, you can, it doesn't really matter that it's a few months ago it's still all perfectly relevant Emma says Sarah's interview was brilliant thank you really enjoyed speaking to Sarah Sarah is a um, I think I said this about about this last week she's a white badge guide um, so Becky there's, there's actually exams that people sit so Sarah has done she's actually doing her blue badge guide as well at the moment but as a white badge guide she's an expert in a particular place hers being Hampton Court Palace um and because she, she she conducts tours at Hampton Court Palace if you I mean if you're with me on a tour um when we go to Hampton Court Palace I always ask Sarah to do our tours she's absolutely fab- fabulous but she does, you can hire her as well. And she does, um, they're doing grace and favour tours, I notice um, now, which have come back. Um, they hadn't run since before COVID, but they're back now. Rooftop tours. But she's great because her depth of knowledge of all time periods of the palace is fabulous. Linda says she was brilliant. Of course, Linda, when you were with us in 2022, in May 2022, um, yeah, you saw Jonathan and Sarah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Foyle has spoken on a couple of my tours as well. Um, so yeah, so so check that one out. I would recommend before um, before Gareth. So I don't have to be in that order, but I think you'll, you'll I think you'll enjoy it. Um, 
I haven't got back to talking about Harvington Hall, have I? I went off on a tangent, got very passionate. So the reason I'm a bit later today, and maybe we will stick at this time, um, I'll take your feedback on that, is because I've been at Harvington Hall's first annual history festival. I'm very lucky that Harvington Hall, which is a Elizabethan manor house, um, it is a proper gem. I mean, not, there's a lot of places at gems, but it is uh, a lot of rose. It was a very interesting tangent. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sticking with me. Um, uh, yeah, so, so Harvington Hall is a um, moated manor house, Elizabethan manor house, with a history that goes back further than that. Wall paintings, priest hides, um, kitchens. It is... Um, it's a place that once you visit, you'll be blown away. And I know lots of people have seen it now on social media, um, uh, seen perhaps some of the posts I've done about it and have them, um, I want to go. I don't blame you. I'm about to take a tour group there, actually, uh, Linda, so you'll see it uh, in uh, in September. So we're doing the Elizabeth I and Mary Queen of Scots tour. And um, we're having an audience with Elizabeth I, no less. In fact, you can see her picture if you're looking on face, if you're watching on Facebook or Instagram, you can see Leslie up there on my bookcase. Uh, Leslie uh, as Elizabeth I. So we're having an audience with Elizabeth I at um, at Harvington Hall. But yeah, so they're having their first history festival. It is close to me, so I am very excited uh, that they're going to be doing this annually. Yesterday I um, was, uh, sorry, yesterday I attended the talk by Dr. Nicola Tallis about Margaret Beaufort. And just as a reminder, if you're in my Patreon or you would like to be, remember, you can always do it. It's only £5 a month. Um, you can put your questions to historians. Nicola is the next historian who I will be interviewing at the end of August. <clears throat> Um, so I, in a, in a couple of weeks, I will be asking maybe less than that, maybe a week. I'm about to go on holiday, but I, <laughs> anyway, that's, um, I half go on holiday, unfortunately. So I will be asking for questions for, from, for Nicola about Margaret Beaufort. Anyway, so I was listening to her talk yesterday. Fascinating because there is lots about Margaret, the woman, as opposed to the kind of um, mother of Henry the Seventh, matriarch um, uh, ambition through her son. There's a lot more to her as a as a person to understand than that. Um, and she was amazing, Lottie Rose. She was. I'm not sure whether I would have liked her. But then I don't know, because there's some of the things that Nicola was talking about, actually, there was a there was a much lighter side to her that you don't hear about. Um, so and the tra oh, in the tragedy she dealt with. Um, and unfortunately, her her life ends um, in tragedy. So. I, so, yeah, so I will be um, in terms of what's happened to her family in the run up to that, should I say. So I will be 
speaking to Nicola soon. But today I was uh, listening to another talk and the, 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 um, the festival lasts for another few days, but I am off on holiday tomorrow. Um, so I couldn't go to any more talks, but I was listening to um, Dr. Jonathan Willis today at lunchtime about in, uh, it, martyrs of Elizabethan England. And he spoke about, actually, he spoke about martyrdom across the Tudor uh, period, actually, about how Henry VIII begins to kill people for thought crimes, really, <laughs> for not believing what he, or, you know, well, yeah, not believing. You have your first martyrs, Fisher, more um, for not accepting Henry as the head of the church um, and for not believing some of the changes or getting behind some of the changes that would come in because of that. Um, it, which is interesting, like the, all these things, I, I love it because the more, um, you know, interviews I'm doing and, uh, and you start to see an, an overlap. And one of the things I'll just skip back to quickly is James talks about the the monastic, uh, the attitudes of the monasteries towards Henry VIII becoming the head of the church in England. And again, I think it will surprise you what they were actually, what their attitude actually was. Um but anyway, so yeah, so so he talks about he, so Jonathan today spoke about that. Um, got into much more detail, of course, about the martyrs created under Mary and and then under Elizabeth. It so he talked about how you know you you'll all be familiar, I imagine, with um, Fox's Acts and Monuments, better known as Fox's Book of Martyrs, which um, was a tomb it was twice the size of the bible apparently um four editions so four different reprints by the time of its fourth reprint it had in it around about two and a half million words and it didn't just describe the martyrdoms of um of of protestant um uh, believers but also removed it was, it was a martyrology as not as a history, which is a, it was an important point he, he made. Um, you, uh, the, sorry, he, he, Fox basically wrote out of the history of the church in England any papal um, involvement in its establishment, taking it right back to um, the apostle uh, um uh, Joseph of Arimathea, which I think links to the Glastonbury story because they claimed that he went there. But anyway, um, I'd have to piece those together to tell you more about that. And that actually it was nothing to do with the Pope sending over um, uh, missionaries, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it actually, um, so in that way you can, you can see. So because, and he does that because he wants to show that the history of persecution of true believers is a long one that stretches back 500 years, even before um, the time that they find themselves in. Um, so, um, so he spoke about that, but then there were other 
Um, there were other works as well for the opposite, you know, side, because obviously that's the Protestant story. Um, there was a an, an account by, I'm just trying to find it, Verstegen. I may not have, may not have pronounced that correctly. Um, and uh, I can't remember the, the title, The Theatre of Cruelties of... of something sorry I can't remember what the title was um but it's printed in English and French so it had quite a large reach and um and it was um he was actually a goldsmith so and um he was a goldsmith and he was on the continent those two things combined meant that the quality of the images in this book and the printing of those images was far it was it was it was better, I suppose. In it, it's not that it was particularly, I don't think, in um, uh, response to foxes or you know in any way shape supposed to be kind of directly competing with it, but it meant that the imagery used in the book was really powerful. So images of the torture of heretics, of the um, execution of heretics, and it includes the execution of Mary, Queen of Scots. So. Fox's martyr, um, Book of Martyrs um, is kind of showing um, you know, evidence of a church which is so cruel, the Marian church, it can't be the true church. The um, I won't go into the detail now because it's too gruesome really for, for a midday, um, <laughs> midday uh, live but the 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 Guernsey ladies, a, a mother and her two daughters, um, uh, burnt as heretics, and the mother was pregnant. You may be familiar with the story. That a church that can do that, it can't be the correct church. So that's Fox. The um, Verstegen's uh, book. The, the theatre of cruelties of something that I can't remember. <laughs> I was finished up the title. Culminates with the execution of Mary Queen of Scots. How can a church that leads to the execution of a regnant queen be the correct church? Um. So so it's um. It's uh, a. It, so it's a great run through of how martyrdom had been used. Now, you have to remember as well that the writers and the proponents of these sorts of works, they have their own agenda as well. So he, so um, Jonathan Willis talked about the um, sort of things that maybe were left out about the stories of some of these martyrs, that actually some of them were too extreme for their own side they didn't necessarily hold views um, that were in keeping with the catholic faith or the protestant faith whichever one they were um they were in the book to be martyred for supposedly um so that was very interesting shows actually division within the two sides themselves uh, not just between the two sides but within the sides each um and um and it, so 
it's very nuanced. It's very, he calls it muddy. It's very muddy. <laughs> it's not clear cut at all. Um, and like I said, the writers or the proponents of these works do have their own um, ideology, their own religious and political agenda, which goes along with it. So that was fascinating. So that was where I was. Um, that was where I was this afternoon at the usual time that I would normally do this. So it's Harvington's um, History Festival. I would thoroughly recommend it if you um, are around the area this year. I, I don't know. Um, you'd have to ring up, I think, for tickets now. But as it's going to be annual, um, maybe if you are planning a trip over to the UK, you can coordinate it next year, um, which, would be, which would be great. Maybe I'll see you there. Um, the Had Girls might be trying to get a slot. <laughs> So had tonight is going to be a little bit different. Um, the summer is always a little bit uh, of a issue because I'm on tour and then we have holidays and uh, oh, all sorts of things going on. Um, Lottie Rose, the History Festival, I think, is on for the next two or three days. I'm not quite sure. Um, if you have a look on Harvington Hall's website, um, which I think is harvingtonhall.org, uh, but if you just Google Harvington Hall, um, you will see it. Uh, Samantha, would I be there on Friday? No, because I go away tomorrow, unfortunately. Well, unfortunate, not unfortunately because I'm going away. That's great, um, except I'm camping and it's raining at the moment, so that's not great. Uh, but I will, um, it means that I'm missing some fabulous talks at the festival, which is a shame. Um, so, yeah, um, had that was where I was at wasn't it so tonight on had um we are having a little bit of a uh a chilled night in that we're not doing a um we're not doing a deceased git tonight um yes if we have to go well we're just tabling the idea that the Had Girls maybe could do an actual session, but we haven't asked Phil, so it could just be complete pie in the sky. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll see. Um, had tonight, sorry, right. So it's just going to be a game tonight. In fact, I would love it if you were coming along, come prepared. We're going to do the... Um, we're going to do the oh, what's the what's the polite way of putting this? The um, kiss, marry um, word. I probably can't say on YouTube without being banned. Um, kick, maybe. Don't know. Uh, I don't know what the polite way of saying it is. But we will be doing that. So you can come tonight and propose to us triplets of whoever you want, really, and uh, and we will tell you what we would do with them in what order that sounds wrong you get me uh but anyway that's what we're going to be doing so we're going to have some fun tonight and then I will be yeah yeah, yeah Lottie Rose I can't <laughs> I can't say that though uh so <laughs> um well, I can't say it now we'll be saying it on history after dark totes um we uh uh, we will be doing, um yeah so basically we're having a bit of fun tonight we will be uh then going to be a bit disruptive disrupted excuse me for a couple of weeks because I am away then we'll be back on the had will be back on the 16th of August 
for two weeks. So we will continue with the deceased gets series. Um, the next one in line is Thomas Seymour. So he will be worth um, coming in and shaming. <laughs> you can come in and give your two pence worth on, on him. Um, so, yeah, so that's History After Dark tonight, quarter past eight on history.afterdark on Instagram and history, it's just history after dark. It might be underscores on YouTube. You'll see our black um, microphone uh, logo. Lottie um, Rose, I know who mine would be. Always the conversation of, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Always the conversation topic amongst the drunk history nerds. Yeah. Yeah, well, the live events could get fun, couldn't they? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I hope you join us later. Now, in the meantime, I also ha do have another little mini video, little mini virtual tour that has just gone live on YouTube um, of Wells Cathedral, which you may want to take a look at. Um, it's just a few minutes long. It's it's a all the cathedrals are beautiful, aren't they? It has some unusual features, which I think you will enjoy um, looking at and, and hearing about. Um, so I will now be taking a break for the next three weeks at least. But don't worry, because um, there will be, in the meantime, there will be Gareth's interview going live. You have the Wells Cathedral video to have a look at. And um, towards the end of the month, there is the James Clark series on the dissolution of the monasteries, which I am ridiculously excited about. I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I really, really do, because it's, yeah. Right. Thank you, everybody. Um, I will see you all when I'm back from my holidays, uh, or I will see you tonight if you are coming to History After Dark. All right, everyone, take care. And I will see you all very soon. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.